so, so special. You know, one of the things that hits me on Sunday, you know, pastor said, what redeem, when you want to redeem a thing, you redeem a thing with the value of what you are redeeming. And he said, for God to redeem man, for God to redeem us, he took the only thing that he had, his only begotten son, and exchanged him for us. And that shows how special we are in the eyes of God. That really hits me, honestly. You know, when you feel so low about yourself, just remember that you are so special that God was thinking about you. He offered of the best to use in redeeming you. Can we celebrate the Lord one more time that revelation? Praise the Lord. You know, the word that you hear is different than the word that you see. The Bible says, come in by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But you come to it where you see the word. When the disciples said, we cannot but do things that we have heard and we have seen. That day, I saw something. It jumped out from the script and it just made me realize that, you know what? You are so, so special. There was nothing else worthy in all of them. Not even an angel worthy to redeem you. The only son of God. Celebrate God one more time. Thank you, Pastor, for giving us that revelation. You know, when you get some revelation, it gives you some strength. You're able to, you know, overcome some things. You're able to think some things because you understand what God intended. May He bless us this evening in the name of Jesus. So I'm going to start on that very high note this evening. Because we are so, 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 so special in the sight of God, I believe that God wants to bless our hearts even and fill us more with love in the name of Jesus. I'd like to start by reading the text that we read on um, Sunday. Can we turn the Bibles to 1 Peter? Chapter 2 from verse... Is that verse 9? Okay. Together. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praise of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are a chosen generation. I am a chosen generation. I am not just part of his priesthood. I am a royal priesthood. It means I am dealt specially. I am written with special. I am a holy nation. And I am his special people. That we may claim the praise of him who has called us out of darkness. To what? His marvelous light. The first thing that qualifies anyone to say that they are God's own special people. Is that I have been called out of darkness. And that you have truly come out of darkness into his marvelous light. If you are still in darkness, you are not yet his own special people. You have come out of darkness into his marvelous light. Then you can qualify or you can, you can say for sure that you are God's own special person. Any special person in the house of them shouts, Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, when you look at what God says, John 3.16, that for God so loved the world, so much that he gave the only begotten son that he had. Now, that verse shows you that God is not partial. Everybody on the face of here say God does not mean. Any continent where you are, whatever tribe you belong to, the Bible says for God so loved the world. And so every human being, he deposited in everybody's account billions, billions, and billions of love. You can say, oh, God doesn't love me. Or maybe because I'm from the north. God loves people from the north because we're not very educated. 
or maybe because I'm from a certain tribe, or my family is, you know, I come from a certain family, so God doesn't care. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten one. So everybody starts up on a little playing platform. No disadvantaged person on the earth when it comes to the love of God. Because God loved everybody, loves everybody. And we all start from the same little playing field. I mean, you go for an interview, I mean, it would be unfair for the interviewers or for employers give you a different question because you are, you are from a certain part of a country and give a set of questions to some other people. Then it's not a level playing field. But in the beginning, established a level playing field so that to the degree of the relationship with God you experience is now in your hands. Why will go with God, how far God will come with you is not in your hands. Do you know if the senior part decides to credit everybody's account with 10 million Decide to put everybody's account as you are leaving, you are just seeing at 10 million, 10 million, 10 million. Do you know that <laughs> in a few months, you know, people are going to be proud than that 10 million? Do you know some people in just two months they are going to multiply that 10 million because they don't invest it? So, whose fault, the giver or the receiver? The receiver. So, what we're saying tonight is God is constant with his love, constant with his love. He gives out to everybody his love at the same table, if I put it that way. But now what happens after that is now what's the difference. And so when we read in our text, we are God's special people. Those of us that have courage to step out of darkness into his marvelous light. It takes a lot of courage. Because the Bible says men love darkness more than the light. So you are in a place where you love darkness. They sell darkness. They live darkness. They, you know, they are God darkness. But you know, some of us looked at darkness and we said, you know what? Darkness is not the of me. I'm more than darkness. There's something more to my life. And we took that step of faith and we stepped out of darkness into his marvelous light. We took that step and we became a special people. Every other person on the face of earth, they are loved of God. Redeemed of the Lord that took that step have now become God's special people. The story gets more interesting. When we say, now God's child people, now we all arrive on the same level playing from again. This is another layer. So, all of us arrive at, you know, the next floor, probably, and we are all God's special people. But again, how are we go with God from that point of being God's special people to where we are or we ought to be still lies within our control? And that's what I hear this evening to discuss. May the Lord bless us as we discuss as we go forward in the name of Jesus. Now there are three things I want us to look at. We look at as we consider man's reaction, man's relationship to God. Because we, God is constant and he gives every man the same decibel of and those who come out of that into his marvelous light, they become God's special people. He invites them to his table, to his banquet table, you know, far up principality and power and dominion and all that. But then we realize that somewhere down the line, some people seem to have a special, very special relationship with God. Sometimes, and you begin to wonder, maybe it is their calling. Uh, I am not him, I am not her. Maybe he was specially called, that's why God loves him so much. We want to break it a bit. We want to see it that that person was so very special, too special, more than us, or is there something else behind their relationship with God? Lord, start with talking about the two-way love path. And then after that, we're going to consider men who love God, and then we're going to look at what it takes for us to be intimate with God. And so first, we want to look at this evening, 
I'm sure we'll have our questions because of interactive Bible study. So in between, we'll be looking at, you know, questions and providing answers and to give us the wisdom and understanding in Jesus' name. The love path. It's about the fact that love is two-way. From heaven, the Bible says, we love because he first loved us. While we were sinners, while we were one in sin, he loved us. Wait for us to respond. And once we responded, we became special. And then our responses are expected. Let's turn the Bible to John chapter 4, verse 21. See the very words of Jesus himself a few hours before the greatest historic event in the history of mankind. As Jesus was preparing to ascend cross, just as he was preparing to make the ultimate sacrifice, he said to his disciples, and he said, He who has my commandment keeps them. He who is me. Point the passions were happy, disciples were confused. What's gonna happen? You're going to die, you're gonna leave us. How are we gonna cope? We know you love, but you're leaving us. You know what does it mean? How do we cope without you? And he said to them, He keeps my commandment. If you want to know the person who loves me, so that you are not in doubt when I'm gone, so that you are not in doubt about the person who is devoted to me, who has my commandment, keeps them, not just having them like a library, but keeps them. Is he who loves me? He who loves me will be loved by my father, and then I love him back and manifest myself in him. Next verse. Verse 22. Not a spirit said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Verse 23. I said to him, If anyone loves me, tonight we are going to look at our vometer. Any man loves me. Check your heart tonight. If any man claims I love you, know, just Jesus, you love me too much. Oh, we love you. You know, we just saw that. Yes, if any man loves me, he will keep my word. And here is something that hit me many years ago. Read it. You know, I was staggering like as if I drank something. My father will love him. We, not I. We, I am father. Will come to him and make our home with him. He loves me. I love him back, but I will go and bring my father. So I and my father will come to that and will make our above him. So if anything that is greater than this, there's anything that is more super than this. And that's why when you're a believer, when you have been translated from the power of darkness, into the kingdom of his demon. You need to walk like you understand that you are a royal priesthood. You need to walk like you understand you are a chosen generation. You know, when you understand that the Father and the Son have come to make their abode in you, something he does on your side. You are not ashamed of the gospel. Because the Father of the universe, the God of all the earth, has come with his Son to make his abode with you. Honestly, it's no greater thing. You know that understanding can keep you from some things. That understanding can give you the assurance, can give you some assurance when you are passing through some things. That God, be, I love you and I keep your word. I know that the Father and Son are abiding with me. Therefore, it is not possible that this thing happen to me. It is not possible that this kind of thing should be a lot. Because I know that you and the Father are abiding with me because I love you and I keep your commandment. God is speaking to us about our love for him. Saying to us, 
to the degree that we keep his word and abide in him is to the same degree that the Father and the Son will come and make their abode with us. May the Lord help us in the name of Jesus. May the Lord help us in the name of Jesus. May it cause that the love that we have for him be increased to a level where we can actually feel his love and feel his presence in the name of Jesus. As because we are special people, God wants fellowship with us. That is in First John chapter one verse three. That truly our fellowship is with the Father and the Son. We have fellowship with Father and with the Son. Last week Wednesday, the senior pastor went in text, you know, during uh, the service on Wednesday, he was talking about our relationship with God. He was talking about how we can, you know, how we can walk with God, how we can groom our relationship with God, how we can relate with God on a level that is on a level that is born out understanding the grace of God and not just by the law. Understand that we are saved by grace. When we understand that we're chosen by God, when we understand we're not just walking and serving Him according to the law, but by grace, it enables us to understand that we can come into His presence just as we are. The Bible says that we can come to His presence through faith, with boldness, presenting to Him whatever petitions we have of Him. Why? Because we are accessed by faith through His blood. His blood because of the relationship we have with Him. Through His because we have fellowship with Him. Through His blood because we have translated through the same blood. We have access to His presence. I'll consider some men in scripture that, you know, when you look at lives, when you look, you know, how they live their lives, you, you need to ask yourself, is there something different about this person? Or is it something that this indeed? You know, when you write an exam and you see some people failed and some people scored 99, not, you know, smart enough for you to understand. The person who scored 99 over 100, what did he know? What did he do differently? Where people are faint and they say, ah, it was, it was hard. Same exam, some people are 100 over 100. I remember in my GS1, they tell me roads. You know, then I used to cram a lot. I, I used to cram. I got 100 or 100. And the child canceled it and said, You're a thief. You copy from the textbook. And so I was looking at it. I was like, A thief. I copy from the test. Because the guy was playing the textbook and comparing with what I wrote. It was word for word. I said, This is a thief. And I go home. I was crying. I, I told my dad, God, they put 100 over 100 and count and put zero. He didn't even give me 10. I'm like, What have you done? My dad followed me to school. And he said, Okay. Okay, you said he was a thief. So where were when he was stealing from the textbook? I couldn't answer. And then they realized and gave me my score. You know, but when you have to write exams and some people pass some people, you should ask yourself, what person do? How do they read? You know, there are some people, they don't have to read. They'll be laughing with you they are reading. Have you met some people like that? You want to go to the library. They say, no, let's play. But when you're tired and you're falling asleep, you wake up to him, you start reading. And then in the morning, they are coming to you. And when the exam comes out, the result comes out, wondering what's going on. So tonight, we want to look at those people. How did they do it? What did they do? How did they say God? Was it something that they did that differentiated them? Was it something that they heard that set them apart from the rest of us? The Lord will help us evening in the name of Jesus. Now we're going to start looking at the man called Daniel. Tell us to read Daniel chapter 9 from verse 23 was a man who was so, so special before God. So special. Every time I read about him, I ask myself, what is it about this man that God loved him? Daniel chapter 9, verse 3, at the beginning of supplications, the command went out at the beginning. I have come to tell you, for what? You what? You are greatly beloved. 
how you feel an angel wake you up in the middle of the night and say, I come from the presence of the Father, for you are greatly beloved. I know how your day is going to start. Not just an ordinary angel. The archangel of God stands and tells you, you are greatly beloved. Consider the matter and understand the vision. Read Daniel chapter 10, verse 10. Chapter 10, verse 10. The hand touched me, another angel, another encounter, which made me true on my knees and on the palm of my hands. Verse 11. Said to me, Oh, Daniel, greatly beloved. Greatly beloved. You know what that means? That means that in heaven, they were having conversation about Daniel. There is no way the angels will know that somebody is greatly beloved. I mean, if with someone, a person was talking so wonderfully as somebody else, and met the other person like, ah, you are really loved though. What did you do that? This loved you so much. This. That's what I was like, Daniel, a man be beloved. On the words that I speak to you, went on to you, deliver the, the message. What was different about Daniel? What was Daniel so greatly beloved? Why was he so, so special? He was exclusive. His own specialty was exclusive. We know about Edrach, Meshach, Abednego in the dispensation as well. But this Daniel, there was something about him. The thing we understand about Daniel, you know, Daniel chapter 1 verse 8, the Bible says, Daniel closed in his heart that, that he will not defend himself with the king's meat. That's one of the first introductions about Daniel that we read about. Because I still say to myself, why is man so beloved? Why is he so special? And, I, and, I, and, the, and, the, and the chapter opened up by Tinos, that this man purposed himself to defile him with a portion of his meat. Okay. It's one of the things that Daniel did. Brought him, brought him before God in a very special way. Bring it home. I want to say that, you know, I want God to love me like the way he loved Daniel. You know, sometimes I pray that I'm like, God, when are you going to call me below my beloved Conrad? In a special way, I want the general one. I want special one. You know, and I start searching, what do I do to dare myself to you all? One of the things that Daniel did, he purposed in his heart that he will not defile himself with the king's We find ourselves in a market place. We find ourselves in the midst of people that don't even know it. Can we stand or do we file ourselves with this system? Stand differentiated the world or do you not know how to handle it because the pressure is so much, you just have to blend in. Daniel was not a man that would blend in. A man who was captured from a faraway country and to a land that nobody knew him. But the Bible says he proposed in his heart that he will not defile himself. Proposed within our hearts that we stand separate from the world. Because enmity with the world or friendship with the world is enmity with God. When purpose in our heart, God, you know what? I will serve you and you only will I serve. Then we begin to differentiate us from the general public. You relate with believers, relate with Christians, you find a lot of compromise. A lot of compromise. I mean, I was chatting with my siblings some days ago. They were talking about the building. There were like 12 churches in one building. It's not even like 12 churches. And to yourself, what difference make? Then you find us. Among them, you find all manner of people. If you employ one, then you probably sack them after one week. It's a differentiating factor of believers. Anything inside you that differentiates you from the world? I think enough. Oh, are you blending in? You can't be blend with the world and think that you have a special, special place. He'll separate himself. And he'll not pile himself with the kids' mates. 
thing we read of Daniel in chapter 6, when, when the decree from the king went forth and said, you know what? You have to bow down when you hear you know, this trumpet and all that and, you know, 30 days, nobody will serve any other good. Daniel heard it. He knew that suddenly, this was, this was a point he had to decide where he longed. And Daniel was a man who was not afraid to persist. The Bible says, he went home after reading the decree. What did he do? Everybody help me. Open the window and what? And down and pray to his God. How many times? You say, you know what? You have to be wise here. Have you that saying? Let's be wise, though. And don't comment not from above. It is it is devilish, it is sensual. Let's be wise here. As at other times, he prayed through it and he maintained the number of things that he prayed. He said, God, you know what? When everybody's forcing you, I will not forsake you. Just him. This was chapter 6. Remember the beloved, beloved thing was chapter 9 and chapter 10. And watching him. Literally saying his death warrant. He knew that, you know, if anything happened, I could be killed. He was ready to offer his life for what he believed in. Are you ready to offer yourself for what you believe in? I mean, we're not to the point of death already denying Savior. You know, some cracks and irreverent joke about, about the kingdom office and you are laughing. You say it, but you are laughing. So your laugh is constant. You are in agreement with what they are saying. We're not to the point of death. We're already, you know, giving up God. He stood. And he said, you know, God, I'm going to save you to the very end. And was watching him. And said, what man will risk his life? And you know, it's not every time that you are going to stand for God, he goes scot free. I hope you know that. Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, some, even with the faith they had, they were slaughtered. Literally died for their faith. So there's no guarantee that anything will happen. Your finalism. And so he knew that, you know, it could go that way. And so, so the other guys said, look, oh king, I'm not careful to answer this matter. If you trust him, we will not, we will not do this thing. Even if he does de- deliver us, we will still not bow. How us are bowing to the world system? It will be so special. In a very special way, beyond the just translation from darkness is marvel. Beyond that, yes, that's where, you know, we get saved. All of us arrive at that platform. Beyond that, if you want to have a special relationship with then we tend to stand on the kingdom. It was a man of prayer. A man that communed with God. For you have to be much with God. And it's greater than his prayer life. That's truth. Say that, um, you know, uh, I want to be special with God, but I don't want to spend time with God. Married, you know that, or you're in a relationship, you know that lovers like to spend time together. You be so special with God. How can you fellowship with God when you're not a man of prayer? And it's not just praying about what I need, what I want, what I, you know, no, 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 it's, Fellowship God. You know what you do when you are driving. You know what you do when you are cooking. You say, I have to use everything. Yes, you can, you can do all of that. Talking about the special time that you have with God. With God. When we have our reads, we have sessions go alone with God. Am I correct? You and God alone commune. If you know the story of Daniel, you realize that when that was happening, there was no mention of Shadrach. There was no mention of Shak. No mention of Abednego. Am I correct? But he's alone. Can stand alone with in your office? Only believer, and they are all unbelievers. You need support. If you don't get support, you are going to crash because you don't know what to do. You don't know what to say. It's hunt alone. Rules are alone. Of God. They walk alone with God. Personal work. The kind of work where you say, oh, if we are not together, then I can't do it. No. You cultivate your own relationship with God. 
If you're a couple and you enjoy to have your quiet time together, that's fine. But you must have your own personal relationship with God. Family devotion is excellent. Have your family devotion. But your own work with God, then you will get the difference between you and just the ordinary, regular Christian. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. The Lord. Does anybody know any Christian in Scripture who is very special with God? Do you think they need to be special with God? with us. You know, any Christian that you know, he towered, you know, above a lot of the believers' generation. Oh, yes, he towered above them, but what was responsible for that? Was it just luck? Was it lying there and God said, okay, you, I want you, and he did nothing? Anybody help us? Someone should share which believer, you know, that tickles you, you know, um, that encourages you, that uh, motivates you, that you look at you like, well, how did this person do it? Yeah. Okay, we have hand there. Tell us the believer and tell us what you think he did to be very, very special in the presence of God. One of such um, people is Noah. Ah, okay. And the world was sinning, marrying, doing all sorts of things, but he steadfast. He was steadfast? Okay. Yes, he was committed. He was a righteous man. And so, what God told him to the ark, mocking him, his faith, people thought he was obsessive building. Because when he looked at the world, he just believed God. And he was the only one with his household that went into the earth. I admire him because sometimes but, uh, what, what it was, God told him to build a mighty ark. And people thought he was crazy. He just kept on doing what God told him to do. Out of time. <laughs> if not for now, there will be no second world. I mean, second chance for the world to be again. So I'm such a person. Okay, can we celebrate her? Tell you correctly, Noah was a man who was fast with God. At that time, there was nothing called that kind of rain that came upon the world. He had something that has never been done. People were jeering at him, laughing at him. If you want to be a Noah, if you're a man Noah, you need to find out what was in Noah. What is in Noah that is admirable? Inside him, what was inside that made God choose him and his family? Because he was a man who could believe what God said even if it didn't make sense. Read the word. God says, do this, do that. And it doesn't make human sense. And you stay with God. You can stay with God even when it doesn't make human sense, but it makes God sense, Bible sense, then you can think or you begin to find yourself in the region of people like Noah, the Lord was in Jesus' name. Yeah, we have a contribution here. I mean, who in scripture inspires you? What they do differently? Hallelujah. David. 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 Oh, I thought it was Eve because we're in trouble because of her. Um, David was no matter the time David would commit. He never gets into the presence of God with men, praise, worship. So I, I think you know, that's how he called and he called the man after his death. All right. Can we celebrate her? This is the man that God said is after his heart. And I have David here. Let me just elaborate it before I come to the next person. Now, the life of David, you will almost think, when he says, this is a man of my heart, you will think that his life was perfect. Life was far from perfect. Some things that made God say, this is a man after my own heart. Then was, David was honest. David came to him and told him, go at the man. Initially, he was again. He had lied, he had murdered, he had committed adultery, and he seen it there. But you know, there's something about, you know, you're just bragging and just doing braggado for God. But when the prophets came and said, look, you are not God is talking about immediately. He didn't argue. 
The Bible says, he covereth his sins shall not prosper. David was a very honest person. And he knew that, you know what, the way out of this was run to God. And every time he ran to God, God cursed him. And so God knew this was a man that was very honest with his real situation. David was a worshiper. The whole of Sam is full of worship. David was a man that always eulogized God. He was a man that had faith in God. When lion came, when the bear came, he knew that with God, he could take those things down. And he truly did. God said, this is a man after my own heart. And he said that Jesus is the son of David. Because he was a man that panted after God as the heart panted after the books. Do we pant after God? It's not just, oh, a man after God. What was in David that made God say that thing said? He says, David was a man that would pant after God. What are you pant after? God opened our hearts and extracted what we are panting after and put on a display for everybody to see. You'll be amazed what we are panting after. Panting after God, most times. A lot of people are panting after God. They are panting about what they are going to eat, what they are going to, go to drink, what they are going to wear, and all of that. And God is saying, What well, seek if my kingdom? Jesus' name. Thank you for your contribution, Mr. Lydie. Yes, I have a question. question. Yes, sir. Um, you start from John 14, verse 20. Okay. That says, um, if you love me, my commandment, and that. I wanted to ask, and you mentioned about Daniel, that Daniel proposing his and because of that, it's very special to God. So my question is, is it that, is it what you do, is it what you, that makes you special to God, or you, is it what you, that makes you love God, or you love God, so you do what you do. Let me, let me ask you this way. Serve God without loving him. We cannot love him without serving him. Okay. Yeah, that's the one we said. Um, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So don't keep the commandment of God. It means I don't love God. That's what it means. Any man love me, let him keep my commandments. So every day, so if, so if um, I walk with God, I fall to error. It means I don't love God. Now, there's, there's a difference between when we trip or we make mistakes, okay? And there's always good for that. But there is the part where some things are habitual. Really, really, really in love with God. That's what Jesus said, why call me Lord God and not what I say? Some people are not, they've no purpose in their hearts to love and to do what he says. So, yeah, they profess that they know him. They profess that they love him. But when you look at how they accord themselves, they have not even tried to do the right thing. It's not because they don't know what to do or what not to do. It is because they have no purpose in their hearts to follow him wholeheartedly. Say something. I agree with you, sir. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. I agree with you, but to my point, I think that it is a loving God that you are able to keep his commandments. Because that, then you try and say, don't want to do something, you keep doing it. So if you say, I put in my ass that I will lie tomorrow, and you will find out that tomorrow you have lied. So I think that it is in love God. It's in putting you in your heart to love God, you are able to command me, not the other way around. Okay, now, let me, let, me, let me help us this way. Now, it's important that we understand what is given to us to run this. Okay. We are not less in our own strength to obey God. In our own strength, we don't have the capacity to stay follow God. We don't. Capacity. So the problem comes when we are drawn from our own capacity into his own capacity. So we are looking at, okay, I will not, we're, we're, we're quoting things, we're trying to, oh, you know what, um, don't do this, don't do that. You know, we're trying to guard ourselves by ourselves. Then we find ourselves failing and falling. We're supposed to release ourselves to him. We're supposed to release ourselves to his grace. 
God said, I die daily. Do we in our decision say, God, you know, I surrender will to you. When you come to a point, your will is surrender his will. Then it becomes easier for you to walk the walk. But when you have not done that, then you find it of contention. Then you find, you know, contention between the flesh and the spirit. And the Bible says, walk in the spirit so that you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Because we live in a body and the body is always tending downwards. The Bible says, walk in the spirit. And if you walk in the spirit, not in your own strength, you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. But we are not that bonded again to sin. God has deemed us, not by our power, but by his precious blood. But if we try to work it out, we try to use our calculations, we try to use our methods, then it will not work. Senior to help us in this. You clap for two. You clap for yourselves. You won't clap for Very, very interesting. This is real church. Um, the balance for me is, I think what like they're trying to say is, when the love of God compels us, realize that don't, naturally, I don't like to offend people that love. Are you like me? If somebody, like my sister, I don't want to offend you. Because she really loves me and she really respects me. I want you to hear me, whether that's true or not. Forget scripture. Naturally, somebody that loves and respects you and blesses you, don't you, aren't you a bit more careful not to offend person? Let me ask you on this. Are you not a bit careful? When somebody loves you, you say, Bible says, before um, he loved us while we're yet sinners, we love because first loved us. So when God loves me and calls me his special people, begin to want to please him. Is that not so? So I think what she's saying is that it is also a contradiction to say you want to obey God, you don't love him. Otherwise, it is a task matter. Somebody is holding a whip, say, lie down there, for jump. And so, if I obey you, it is just because I'm seeing you. When I'm not seeing you, I won't obey you anymore. But when somebody loves me, whether you're around or not, I tend to want to respect what you want and make you glad. So, if church were to preach more the love of Christ rather than do's and don'ts, you may find people would do a better because love compels. The love of it compels us. And in terms of, uh, you, you mentioned it, um, Daniel. I want to speak about Daniel. Daniel knew God. And the love of God compelled him. To mean that he will not defile himself. The word the Bible uses is, he purposed in his heart. You've been sad. So when, when you have taken from the love of God, it will compel you, purpose not to do some things. And can I get a witness? Are you me? When the love of God is real to you, it will give you the action to pause to change your life. That's all you need to do. What God expects from us is to look at look at the price He paid for us. That what He calls us, He calls special before ask, acting special. That's what He does. He calls you first, then He expects to step in it because God speaks by faith. So when God speaks about us, it doesn't mean we're quite there, but that's where we ought to gravitate in. So when the love of God makes me purpose in my heart not settle the way it is settling. Then you turn into the power I'm talking about because it is that work in us both to will and to do of his good play. So the love, it was a story of love that I heard made me give my life to Christ. I gave my life to Christ 
looked at myself, my flesh still there. I tend to want to do some things. Then I purpose, said, Lord, I don't want to be like this anymore. Then he supplied the grace and the power. I think that's how it works. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I think that knows it on this subject matter. When we purpose in hearts to please God, then we are able to tap from the grace. Then some things become easy. But if you haven't purpose in your heart, you're just going to keep straying. I mean, look at the between a couple. Your husband, you love him so much. You don't want to hurt them. Am I correct? You don't want to hurt them. You're doing everything. I mean, you're perfect, but doing everything to avoid anything will make them hurt. And so relationship is driven by love. Like when you were in school and you were you know, learning for that, you even hated math. Then they now brought for that. I mean, every time you looked at the teacher, you're like, oh my God, when this class be over? So you only complain because it was causery. Teacher was like a taskmaster, and you needed to pass, let people go, give 40, let me go. That's different relationship from the relationship Christ. He was that hung on that tree, redeemed by love. And when we serve him because we love him, some things become easy. Because, praise God. You know, because you don't need someone to convince you, talking to you, I uh, beg now, please. I mean, if you love children, I would say give them food now. And I'll give them lunch. It's not we let them go to school. What kind of love is that? What kind of father? What kind of mother? You have you seen someone coming to beg you? Can you take your children to? It's true because before you cry, you purpose in your mind, I'm going to have four children, five children, six children, like some people I'm looking at. You know, and you said, you know, for my children, they will, you know, is even laughing. And you know, they, they you know, you put in your heart that this is what I want to do for my kids. So as time comes and goes, you you just do it because you already plan to already. And every time you look at them, you just want to give them. You just want to love them. You know, when we serve God, we love him. Honestly, some things will become difficult to do anymore. Uh, Brother Sam raised up his hand. Yeah. It's a question, or it's hot. I want to go it. Um, some of pastor and said, say he gives the power to, he's the one that gives the power to will and to do. Is there anything we actually buy ourselves? I think God is just a vector wrote a script, and we all acted. Now, because okay. from everything you said, thank God that you gave opportunity to ask him, because it was going towards, for me, I was not saying, nothing Daniel actually by his power. Nothing um, David did, There's nothing Noah did. Noah found grace. It was God, after God had made up mind to kill everybody, then he now said, but Noah found grace, the sight of God. So it was a script that the pose of creating man for me to have a family, a long run. So if I get angry and crush everybody, that purpose will be forfeited. So this guy found grace. This guy found grace. So that script that I've been written since the beginning was crushed in, and I was crushed in the garden. That's about to crush now. It still continued. Jesus came. So I feel that everything we're doing is all scripted. Because why I'm saying this is if you if I were asked to two years now, have you proposed, did you write it down? That, um, Last week, Sunday, you're going to preach a message special. No, I don't think so. But something is hard. God just said, okay, someone needs to preach this message so special. Give it to him. Gave him insight. Gave everything. Give him all the delivery. Brought the right people to church that will hear that, but that will transform life. Some people that came to church that will probably see the same. I won't listen. But brought the right people to church that will hear that word. Brought the right people to church that will that have heard that word and consider their way. Brought the same people to church that will hear that word. And give death to Christ that, that came out. Then brought you to find the message. I think we're all scripted. If you're even going to do anything tomorrow, 
Like to you wake up and you want to pray. It's still the Holy Spirit that creates the desire in you. We need a balance to that. Um, now, you've made some facts. However, we need to balance that. You the other side. The truth of the matter is, God gives everybody a free will. Will choose. Look at yes, choose life or death. So you are not a machine. God is not control, remote control. You, you have a choice to make, and that's why Joshua told them, "I present before life and death." Choose life because you have a choice. And either one you choose, live in a different direction. That is. It's not about God controlling you. It is about the choice that you make. What was the difference between Saul and David? Saul and David. Saul got a point. He couldn't wait for God. But he said, I wait patiently on the Lord. And he heard my cry. That was David. But Saul waited on the time that Samuel told him he was coming. And as soon as it was 6 o'clock and there was no Samuel. Who were putting pressure on him and they were scattering. They were scattering him. He said, you know what? Shall be a sacrifice. I will do it. And as soon as he finished sacrifice, oh, the Samuel that was over at 6 o'clock came at maybe 8 o'clock. Samuel said, what have you done? You have done free. Now the kingdom has been established in your name and all that. It is taken from you and into another. You know, so Paul had a choice. I want us to read Psalm 119 verse 7 because it's important with this improper perspective and understand what our role is. God expects us to do some things. So it is not, oh, you don't do anything. Like, I just found grace in the sight of God and all that. No, no, there's something that was done. Psalm 19 verse 47. They said, And I delight myself in your commandments which I love. David here. I will delight myself in your commandments. I even love your commandments. Verse please. And verse 48. My hands also will lift up to your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statues. Meditation is not reading. Meditation. <laughs> you, you, you burn energy when you are meditating. Your cerebral power is involved when you are meditating. I mean, it's like taking the word intravenous, said you're meditating, and you're trying to take in. How many of us meditate on the word? We read it. Say, so what we need to do? Mini, mini, more efficiency. We're gambling with the word. We're just gambling. But David meditated on the word. Let's also read what said about him in Acts chapter 13, verse 22. And he had removed him as Saul. He raised up for him David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. What will he do? What? He will do my will. So it's an active responsibility for us or given to us to do his will. So you don't just become a man of God's own heart because you found grace in the sight of God. Because God that David had proposed in his heart to do all his will. All his will. And so David became, I, you know. Can I come in? Very interesting. Um, the Daniel, the Bible says, Daniel purposed his heart. It didn't say God made Daniel purpose his heart. I have asked a question before. I said, if you had just made us like robots, there'll be no deal, there'll be no this. All of us will be fine. That will not be children. Don't your children have will? Children have will or not? Sometimes you do wrong, sometimes you right. If children were ropes and they didn't love you, you shouldn't be feeling very good because they're programmed. Person that has a choice not to love you and decides to love you should that makes you happy. That's why we have 
And concerning Noah in the Bible, um, Genesis 6, verse 9, I want to read this. It says, This is the ge- geology of Noah. Noah was a just man. Perfect in generations, Noah walked God. So when you say God chose Noah and God just decided it's Noah, no, Noah had done things. In the generation of Noah, that is the um, man vexed the heart of God and it, it vexed God that he created man. These abominations were too much, but Noah stood out by choice. It has we purpose that the grace is supplied. It is true that you can do it in your own strength, but at least you have the strength to say, I don't be like this, I want to be God's man. And David also. Okay, imagine, this is an um, example I want to give is David. The battle of Goliath, the Bible says a hidden man stood in front of Israel. Thirties. Day and night, he cursed Israel, cursed the God of Israel. He said, nobody come and defend him. Nobody got up. He came there by accident. He was not a soldier. He was not in the army of Saul or, or Israel. We heard it. He said, and of you are keeping quiet, which is another thing church should learn. When you see people committing sacrilege, you say, no, you cannot be God's man. He had no uniform, had no armor. He said, who is this unsexualized feeling? Who is to reproach the armies of the God? This one he made. He supplied the lunch and gone back. Some difficulties are your opportunity to impress God. I say that Saul was a giant himself. The Bible says he would have shoulders taller than any man in Israel. The giant didn't stand up giant, even though God made him king. So ne- never, ever, never envy people that God has given a position to. They may be deserving of it. The giant who was making did not stop to the annoying giant. So what did this man do? He made a decision. He said, what will the king give this man? He had no armor. He had nothing. He was thinking of what he had. It was a note that this fool is Derogating the name of God, I'm not going to allow this. I am going to allow this. By the way, what is God, what is going to give me? To the brook. Five stones. That's all. Things sitting to the grace to help him win the battle. He knew the battle was not in his strength. When they said, how are you going to do it? He said, the God who delivered me from the land. The God delivered me from bear. He delivered me from his hand. So when you decide to do something in the name of God, he supplies the grace. But the decision is yours. So here to make a decision to walk in a special way to God who calls us special. God is driving for us to him specially. Hallelujah. Even if you're on, on this note, <laughs> honestly, we need to make up our minds to walk towards a special God in a special way. And that's what this service is all about this evening. So as we I wrap up, we'll take some more contributions. I'll start thinking in our hearts, what decision are you going to take tonight? Or you're going to make tonight? What new steps are you going to take towards this special God that loves you so much? Well, look at the lives of these people. What are you going to emulate from them? All scripture is written for learning. So in the life of Daniel, what are you picking? In the life of Noah, what are you taking? In the life of David, what are you coveting? You know, in the lives of all these people, are you really reaching out to If this person can do it with the blood of booths and goats, how much more? The precious blood of Jesus. Come on. You know, we have the precious blood of Jesus to strengthen us. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. All right. Have this brother. Well, um, I've not heard voice. Okay, so can we celebrate him? Yeah. Present. 
I'm wondering if I do a contribution and a question at the same time. Please go ahead. Okay, my contribution will be the people that fascinated me most. Um, his name is Joseph. It's a case of divine righteousness. We know a that case of Joseph. Okay. I say it's of divine righteousness. Okay. Um, we know that even when he had a duty of a opportunity to become a, 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 the, the captain of the house of Potiphar, he declined. He proposed in his heart that I will never do this against God. So that's purpose. And God took him even to the lab that he never expected. And if we study the life of Jesus, when Jesus was made to comfort of sin of people, Jesus is a type of Joseph. So since Joseph, his life is, is a life that is worthy of emulation for every person. And the question I will is, in terms of the administration, sir, you said that the abinicio, the love of God on a plain, on a level playing ground, is equal. God equal measure of love to every person. I now find that something may have happened. Bible says, God unjust, God bid. Romans 19, Bible says, um, Jacob have loved, so I hated. Something must happened, or something happened that we are not privileged to. What could that have been? The question is, say, where did Cain find his wife? Those kind of questions. Please answer, sir. So that you are going to see. <laughs> How many of you remember that the New Testament Bible says, let one be found to be profane like you. For a muscle he sold his bathroom. That's which is determined God. How do I know that? The impositioning birth, it is at a point when you are going to be saved, when you're going to be born. So, twins were in the stock. Jesus was hustling to be born before him. They were fighting. God allowed Esau to burst. And the law of the Jewish inheritance is the firstborn has everything. God gave him the inheritance, but he despised it. Body that despises holiness does not like them. That's why the New Testament said, none be found to be profane, sacrilegious, like Esau, who for a plate of food sold his birthright. Something God gave him a purpose. He sought it back with Jesus, but there was no found for him. So when the Bible says he called beloved, Esau is loved. He's talking about the providence of God to know the choices people will have made. He saw a chance. Esau blew it. He didn't blow it for you. After he blew it, he moved to Jacob. May we not blow it in Jesus' name. So that's your answer. Hand here. But again, it's very obvious that we have a choice, you know, to make at every journey in life. And even though God, because he's God, knows the choices we would have made, doesn't mean that he moves or pushed us to make those choices. Otherwise, blame him. He made our choices. Even though he knew Hebrews 12, 16. Can we have Hebrews 16? I believe fornicator or plain person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. After our words, when he wanted to carry the blessing, he was rejected. 
But he found no place of repentance. He sought it diligently, tears. So, I mean, we all have a decision to make at every junction, and our decisions set determine our destiny. The Lord. In this, um, Genesis 17, verse 1, the Bible said, Abraham walked with God and was perfect. Abraham walked with God and he was perfect. Abraham loved God so much that he was willing to sacrifice anything for Christ, for God. He was willing, not even his son, he was willing to give up his son for God. A time in our life we get to a level that we are ready to sacrifice anything Christ, not even ourselves. Himself. He worked with God. Now, let's bring it to, to our daily life. There is a difference between working with God and working for God. With God, you build a relationship. You build a relationship with Him. But when you work for God, it's an asset. You get paid. A lot of people, a lot of people are working with God, but few. A lot of people are working for God, but few are working with God. Noah in Matthew chapter 7, Matthew 7 verse 21, he said, It's not everyone that said to me, Lord, Lord, that we enter to the kingdom of God. He said, Men come on the last day, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not raised death in your name? Death in your name. Then the Lord said to him, Part from me, workers of iniquity. My advice to every of us, we walk with God and also what? Work, uh, work forward. Because with God is relationship. Working for him. It's an assignment. So the working comes first before we work for him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, I want to add, I want to ask a question. I rejoin that to what you just said. What does it mean to work with God? Up now, in a comment. But what does it mean to work with God? What does it mean? He worked with God. What does it mean? That's, that's, the, that's the apex of this conversation. Our work with God. What does it mean? Hallelujah. <laughs> really working with God. Sometimes God will just say, I want to sit down for a while. ahead of God. It's a person working with God, like he said, that can build a relationship with God. Work for God is just a contract. You do say, that's not what God wants. God actually prefers that we work, work with him, and then work for him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to take only one uh, one contribution from this side and we'll bring the service to close in with God to work with God um, I was going to say that um, you can't work with God unless you understand God mm. um, David actually understand God that was why he could look at Goliath and to face Goliath he understand God it's very important and David when he had the opportunity to kill Saul even though he knew he could become king he refused to kill him he knew that he needs to understand, know that God don't give him that power to kill him. He understand the anointing of God upon the, the life of Saul and decided to wait. Even the guy tried to do it. He did him. Because he understand God. You cannot really... So how do we understand God? You, you, understand God? you understand God by building a relationship. How do we build a relationship? You... <laughs> you... Yeah, you can... Yeah. You see, you listen to God, you listen to his words. In the modern day time, you listen to God, you hear God's words, you be in God's house all the time. And you read 
people are so-so. Who had worked with God, who are hidden, how you can, you can copy what they have done. Look at pitfalls they've had in life, how they are able to overcome it. So critical for us to understand that as of God. God gives instruction, you obey. When you are God, and you know that God keeps his covenant, and you know that God is very, very sure. So you cannot go all ahead and want to be around him. Praise the Lord. We celebrate you. All right, we've got to bring the close. We want to thank everybody for their contributions. But just to wrap everything up this evening, step are we going to take tonight in building a close relationship with God? What are you going to do differently from tonight? Because, you know, serving God, worshiping God, relating God is an action word. It's a now where we just mass knowledge. It's a verb. What are you going to do differently in your obedience to God? The Bible says of David that I know David, he will do my will. Does God know you as someone that will do his will? Can he say, even before I enthroned a king, I know this man. If tell him to do this thing, he will do it. Or are the one that are you are very selective? Some people are very selective. Word, there are some they will keep, and they are so say this one I don't do this one. This one, this is my area specialty. I don't do this one. That was not David. David was a man that was open to anything that God said. Until we get to that point, we can take the word and read and obey. Don't spiritualize it. Just read and obey. Until we get to that point where we are ready. We say, not my will, but time be done. Until we get to that point, we are not ready to work with God. But I trust that this thing, there is enough grace for every one of us to jump up our spiritual life in a way that we will become so, so, so special for God because we have realigned ourselves to work with Him, to listening to voice and to follow His instructions. Pray that the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. Anyone who is desirous of that special, special relationship with God should rise up on their feet and just begin to ask God for grace. There is grace in the house that is available to everyone. Let us tap into that grace. God expects us to draw closer to Him. He says, draw nigh unto me and will draw nigh to you. Every time we kneel before God, every time we appear before Him, the Bible says, go from strength to strength. If there's anybody here whose strength is failing, there is grace in the house this evening. If you feel in the day of adversity, the Bible says, because, you, because your strength is gone, but there's strength here this evening. There is grace here this evening. The Bible says, unto Him that is able to keep you from falling, it is not that you are keeping yourself. We are kept by the power of God. It is not by effort that we keep and sustain ourselves. It is by the grace of God. Tonight, I want us to reach out the grace of God. Let's appropriate grace of God in our heart. Let's be the purpose in our heart that we will walk with God. Even if we are just the only ones in our department. Even if we are the only ones in our organization. Even if you are the only one in your street serving God. You need to pause in your heart are going to serve Him. Even when people deny Him. Even people jeer at Him. Him. Even when people seek him, you want purpose in your heart that God and follow you. Huh? No matter how due the temptation is, huh? no matter how attractive it is, huh? I'm going to set my face like a flitter. Huh? I'll put my hand on the plow. Huh? I'm going to follow you. Huh? I'm going to serve you to the end. Huh? The truth is, you can make it to the end huh? if you have no purpose in your heart to follow God. There's grace in the house tonight. Huh? Just reach and make it. Huh? Just reach out your heart. Just reach out to the heavens. As the Lord to fill you with grace.
and the love of God. But we can't love God and serve Him appropriately. We can love God and still be walking sin. When we love God, it makes easy to walk with Him because understanding, because we know that God is love. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. And so, Father, we thank this evening for sharing your word with us. Thank you for reminding us to so, so, so love us, that we are so, so special in your sight. Father, we thank you for the love that you bestowed on us. Father, we thank you also for making us realize that we have a choice, a choice and, and things to do in order to get closer to you. We ask that this evening, strengthen everyone of here with everything that we need in our inner and to run and with you in the name of Jesus. Everything that stands between us and you, break it in the name of Jesus. Anything in our life that does not represent grace, take it away in the name of Jesus. Anything that's limiting us, any ideology that is hindering us, take it away in the name of Jesus. Tonight we receive strength to run the risk, walk with you in the name of Jesus. Because we know we're so, so special. Strengthen us to serve you and worship you, follow you and walk with you in a special, special way. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You may have your seats. I trust that the Lord blessed us this evening. I believe that the sins are apart from Him. And draw closer and closer and closer to Him in the name of Jesus.